Welcome to On the Side with Jackie London, a BS-free podcast where we're talking all things food, nutrition, and wellness to help you build healthier habits that stick. As a registered dietitian, author, journalist, and former clinician turned content creator, I've heard and seen it all. Join me each week as I debunk diet myths, explore the latest wellness trends, and answer all of your pressing listener questions. Plus, we'll hear from a guest who will kick off each interview weekly with a soup-to-nuts rundown and, okay, sometimes analysis of what they're eating, cooking, ordering in, or where they're dining out with tons of delicious ideas, lots of laughs, and plenty of pro tips in between. The one thing I can actually guarantee, I'll serve up tangible, actionable strategies to help you apply the science behind what works to what works best for you. Listeners, welcome back to On the Side with Jackie London. I'm thrilled to be with you on this glorious, I hope it's glorious for you too, June afternoon, morning, night, whenever you're listening to this, I hope you're enjoying it. I hope you're getting a little time outdoors. I am thrilled to sit down today with Laura Giarsi. She is a personal trainer. She has an amazing presence on TikTok and Instagram, and that is where I found her. Actually, was introduced to her by a former podcast guest, Jamie Stone, who really thought that she would be a wonderful fit for this show, and I could not agree more. I think you guys are going to love this episode. Um, Laura and I get into a whole bunch of different topics, but we really focused on talking about the impact of diet culture and how diet culture language affects her work in fitness and how it plays a role in her approach to fitness and everything else that she does and what she's working on and how she approaches creating content on TikTok as well as some of her background and experience. So Laura's based in LA. She is originally from the UK. I think this episode is such a treat. I had a blast talking to her and I think you're going to love it. All right. So I will bow out now, but first I will remind you that for any and all questions, whatever you need, if you like this episode, please leave us a five-star rating and a kind review. I would just love to hear from you. I'd love to hear what you think about Laura, about the episode, about the show, anyone you'd love to hear from that I can reach out to. I'm all ears. So of course, reach me anytime, anywhere with questions at Jacqueline London RD on Instagram. And I can't wait to hear what you think about the episode. All right. Enjoy Laura. But first, let's get to a quick listener question. Okay, listeners, today's question is really more of a commentary. (laughs) It is not actually a question that I received from any listener. This is just a topic that keeps coming up for me on every social media platform. I literally just typed something into Google and I was shocked at what I found. So I just want to address this topic that's been coming up left and right. It's called the hateful eight. And basically it's knocking the idea of processing and therefore using canola, corn, cottonseed, soy, sunflower, safflower, grapeseed, and rice bran oils. In other words, any plant-based oil that's not really coconut oil or olive oil, I guess, is the point. Apparently, according to Google, this causes inflammation and the accumulation of toxins in body fat. Okay, so this is just plain old wrong. (laughs) 
And I say that, I say that I'm laughing. I'm also like crying on the inside because I mean, when I tell you that there is simply no scientific research to actually back this up, I I really sincerely mean that. I'll give you just one example. Um, I was recently, uh, as recently as earlier this week, looking at a study that it is a a meta-analysis. So in other words, it's a number of different trials that was analyzed in 2020, looking at the effects of canola oil on cardiometabolic disease risk factors. And essentially, this meta-analysis showed what is effectively a dose response or a predicted dose response, right? So the more you use, and in this case, the dose response was seen as a positive. So the more canola oil people were using, the lower their risk was of cardiometabolic disease. That's a huge deal, right? So that's basically saying the exact opposite of everything that these purveyors of disinformation of about the hateful age. That's essentially the opposite, right? That's what the research says. In general, plant-derived oils that come from plants, seeds, veggies, like corn oil is the perfect example, these are filled with antioxidants. They are also, you'll notice like Mazzola corn oil, who is not a sponsor, but I would love to work with you guys if anyone from Mazzola is listening to this episode. But you'll you'll notice that something like corn oil, for example, can actually make a health claim to that effect, right? So they have for forever had an American Heart Association seal on the front of their packaging because they are linked to reducing risk of high cholesterol and also reducing risk of other cardiometabolic indicators. So they're so like blood pressure, like lowering blood pressure, um, improving uh, blood flow throughout your body, improving overall heart health, improving your overall lipid profile, so your overall total cholesterol, your cholesterol ratio, right? So all of these factors are really important. So I don't quite understand exactly where this TikTok myth came from, but I will say I first noticed it on TikTok. I heard it on another podcast, which really just brought me down, put me in a bad mood. And I just felt like it was worth addressing here and now. So no need to avoid plant-derived oils, unless it's coconut oil, which you guys have probably heard me talk about before. Coconut oil is the, you know, it's the sole reason that you hear people talking about saturated fat in plant food form. It's really the only way that you can get a high in saturated fat oil into your diet is to use coconut oil. (laughs) And frankly, what's the point, right? Like, wouldn't you rather have fried chicken? I mean, wouldn't we rather have breaded and deep fried food in place of a sad coconut oil that we're using because we thought it was better for us versus canola oil? I mean, honestly, it's just insane. I don't know where these backwards myths come from, but I will say that they get dispelled by people with enormous platforms and they pop up all over the place because now I'm seeing this like seed oil bullshit everywhere and it's just total garbage. So ignore that. Please use every one of those quote unquote hateful eight. Please use those because they're all high in antioxidants. They're low in saturated fat. They're higher in unsaturated fats, in polyunsaturated fat. That's a great recipe for good heart health. So use those more often when you're making veggies, when you're making salads, when you're making any dish that requires you to saute, to to roast with a little bit of oil. Use whichever one works for your taste preferences and your lifestyle, and you're good to go, all right? So other questions, please DM me on Instagram at JacquelineLondonRD. And I can't wait to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Let me know if this is pissing you off too. I'd love to hear from you regardless. All right, guys, let's get to the episode. Laura, first of all, how do we say your last name? How do you pronounce your last name? Giasi. Yeah, okay. 
Beautiful. I mean, can it, can it get any more beautiful than that? I love it. Laura, <laughs> You're very kind. welcome to On The Side. I'm so happy to meet you. Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here. It's such a pleasure. Thank you. It's really such a treat. So, okay. So first we've got to kick it off. <laughs> we've got, I have so many questions to ask you, but I've got to start at the beginning. So first of all, tell us about you. Tell us about what you do and where you're streaming in from at the moment. <laughs> So my name is Laura. I am a personal trainer, but I'm a personal trainer that doesn't focus on weight loss. That's not really our focus when I train with clients. I am also hot off the press now, a certified yoga instructor, which happened last week, which is very Whoa. exciting. Oh um, my God. Not being like the yoga type, I will say. Like I am not like the yoga quote unquote type. Uh, but yeah, so I, <laughs> I think any of my family members watching this will be like, or listening will be like, she did it in yoga. Anyway, I digress. <laughs> um, and then I have been known to dabble on TikTok a little bit as well. I've just, of course, spent some time stalking Laura. We'll just share that here with, <laughs> with all of our listeners. But I have to say that your TikTok is phenomenal. And on top of that, my favorite thing so far is when you have a moment to kind of call out trolls or when you start a video with, I feel <laughs> I feel like people are going to come for me on this because oh, I no. totally understand. I mean, there's some crazy shit out there. There's some crazy people out there, but I mean, tell us a little bit about that. And then I want to go back to yoga for a second. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I am, um, the way I describe TikTok, and this is no, no detriment to TikTok, it's kind of social media in general. It's lawless. Totally. It's just law. And there's something about TikTok. It's fun. And I, I, I think the kind of speed of TikTok is fun, et cetera. But it's just a beast unto its own, to be honest. Right. And, and I think because of how much content you can be served in such a short space of time, it means that your content is surfaced to a lot more people in one go. And therefore, you kind of makes you privy to more folk who, you know, can make it fun and it can make it a little lawless. But yes, you're right. right. I, I have got, I, at the moment, I'm in this habit where I have to preface like, I'm, some people are not going to like what I'm about to say. And I might get a lot of hate for what I'm about to say. And, and then that tends to like soften the blow a little bit. I feel like in my minimal amount of time and also my minimal dabbling on TikTok because I find myself easily overwhelmed as a consumer. Like I find that like if I'm going to post something, I got to post and then I got to go. I got to yeah, sign right 100%. now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the only go. way to do it. <laughs> <laughs> because otherwise I feel like, oh, oh. And then it doesn't, there's just the sensory overload and the fact that its unique algorithm is like really looking to hook you, which works on me quite nicely. So I'll just, I could lose an hour Hours. or two. <laughs> right. I mean, oh. I do, I do exactly the same as you. You kind of like drop the, right. drop the content and then like just quickly like back, back way out. <laughs> or just slowly. Right. I, but it, <laughs> In your case, I feel like I know a great video is coming if it's prefaced with, I know you're going to come for me on this because the perfect example, such a great example, protein cookie versus Snicker bars, right close to my heart. I mean, <laughs> the food marketing gets me really wound up. And I really feel like, like coming from a fitness background, you have such a unique take on this. You know what, food marketing really winds me up, but also food stigma really yes. winds me up, right? It's yes. like, and I, I think it was in that video that I said, like, you know, it's, I've done a few of those kind right. of comparisons of a protein cookie, et cetera. And it's really easy for me in a thin body to compare these types of foods because 
I benefit from thin privilege and mm. it's for some reason it's okay for a thin person to eat a Snickers but not somebody in a larger body and that's a whole nother mm. level of stigma and so but the stigma around when people eat a certain type of food and the amount of people and I feel very fortunate for this but the amount of people that's right on those videos like thank you for making me feel okay and, and I mm. that is not a thanks to me that is just sh shining a light on, on food stigma which just riles me up a treat totally Totally. Okay. Tell us more about food stigma in general. I've definitely asked this question before and it's such a hard one because I, I like to ask it in the sense of where do you think this starts? More like what do you think some of the roots are? But I, but I also recognize that to some extent it's not necessarily like a subject that we learned in school, right? Like it's not, it's more of like this absorption of information and it comes from, I think, a lot of places, but I'd love to hear your take on that. Quite. I think it's a lot of cultural stigma. Yeah. I think I'm just going to go there. I think a lot of food stigma has roots in racism. I'm going to be yeah. perfectly honest when it comes to like, you know, rice might be demonized or certain cultural foods are demonized or the way certain foods are, are cooked or prepared is demonized. Mm. Like, you know, I don't know, using butter or that sort of thing, like using these kind of full fats and I use the term fat in a very neutral term yeah. with regards to food because yeah. as soon as you say something's got fat in it well thanks to keto people aren't that offended by fat anymore but <laughs> that's, that's probably the only half decent thing that keto has brought to us but <laughs> I think it comes from a lot of elitism food stigma and I think mm. it stems from a lot of racism and I think just that kind of hierarchical trying to better ourselves oh I I mm. only cook my food in boiling water I don't use any added fat or salt whatever it is that people feel like demonizing that week. Right. So that's where I think it might come from. What about, and what about some of the marketing components of it? I'll give you a good example of this because you, you mentioned Snickers, which is a perfect one. And I feel like I've talked so much about Snickers in such a positive way. And also peanut M&Ms is another one that I feel like would be my go-to recommendation half the time. Like, especially when you're traveling, there's just nothing more satisfying than a good yeah. chocolate covered peanut here for it. Yeah. But I also wonder if there's, and I, I feel like in looking at some of these, well, let's just say like larger platforms, for example, <laughs> not, and not yeah. even social media, but almost like, like their own, like retailers, for example, that when you get mm -hmm. things surfaced to you, like if you type in healthy snacks, like the thing that, that you're going to get a certain type of item that surfaced to you. Yeah. And I wonder about your thoughts on, on some of that. <laughs> I think the market, it's, it's so interesting because I think health food marketing, and I right. use the term health like on a very loose yeah. basis because health is so kind of, health is not a one size fits all and, and excuse the kind of pun in that. But I think, you know, if you circle back to like the 1990s, healthy was low fat. Right. right. Everything was low fat. And then now come to like present day, healthy is high protein, low carb, low sugar. Right. Kind of it's kind of goes from one thing to another, depending on what the fashion or the trend is at the moment. It's not black and white. Is what right. I'm trying to say. Right. Right. Because it's got you're thinking physical health, emotional health, psychological health. I mean, there's just so many different factors, financial stability. I mean, there's just so many different factors that play a role. 
Totally. And when, you know, we're all on this journey because we think there's this moral obligation to be healthy first. And don't get me started on that. But we think there's this moral obligation to be healthy. So everybody just, quote unquote, wants to be healthier. But what is healthy for one person isn't going to be the same for somebody else. And I've spoken about this before, I think, on a social media platform saying that, you know, for one person, it may be healthier to move more for another person it really might not be and it might be healthier for them to rest and maybe not go to the gym so often or you know pound the pavement doing cardio mm-hmm. six days a week etc so there's healthy is not a size or a look or anything like that and I think there's this general idea that healthy has a certain look and it truly truly doesn't and what is healthy for one person is not what is healthy for another person 100 percent, 100 percent. okay all right so before we get deeper down this road deeper further along this path let's talk more about you where are you from originally I want to know I want to hear about that and then I want to hear also how you got to this place in your career as a fitness instructor and now as a yoga instructor because we really have to get back to yoga I I have a lot of questions I'd like to maybe do a headstand while we're on the phone you can guide me through it I love it I love it I I can't Um, I it's maybe it was like the one goal I had when I ever did one shred of yoga and then after I got it I was like all right I'm good I'm done (laughs) to me I am not from the US in case my accent didn't give it away I'm from the UK born and raised uh we moved out to LA 2018. Now, if only I could remember what year it is at the moment. I think that's about four years ago. (laughs) I feel like that. I can can remember when I moved, but thanks to that, you know, COVID, I've got no idea what year it is anymore. I know. Where are we, Laura? I don't know. (laughs) I really don't know. Um, So we've been here, what is that, nearly four years now. Um, We love it. And I, I haven't always been a personal trainer. I've been a personal trainer probably about five years now, maybe just over. I actually had a pretty long-standing career in TV. So I worked in TV production, but I really burnt myself out, had some not very nice bosses, et cetera, as you can probably imagine with TV. Uh, And then I was like, kind of jacked it all in. I was like, you know, I can't do this anymore. And it was my better half that was actually like, you know what, you're, you're, I, at the time, I was very addicted to the gym in a not yeah. so healthy way. But my better half was like, well, you know, you'd probably be, be like very like good at like doing stuff around right. fitness. Why don't you try that? So I slowly migrated over to being a personal wow. trainer. Wow. What brought you to the U.S.? I'm very fortunate. I have a lot of family here. So okay. we've ha- I, I've always kind of had the capability to be here in the US. Although I will, if any of my family listen to this, I'm truly sorry, because all of my family are on the East Coast and I moved to the West Coast. <laughs> sorry. That's okay. I'll go. Uh, I can go. I can just be a proxy. I, I'm here listen, on the East the, Coast. I'll just be a proxy. Yeah. The weather is a lot better this side. I've just got to be honest. <laughs> I totally agree with you. And if I, I really, I think at this point, it's really, it's really New York or bust for me. But, but at the same yeah. time, I'm totally open to the idea of frequent trips to better weather. <laughs> I get that. I, totally, I do love New York, I will say. So my family, I've been very fortunate to just have the opportunity. So yeah. we got married in 2016 and then we, my better halves, uh, job also allowed her to move out here so we kind of were very fortunate in that way yeah it's kind of how we got out here wow and what does she do she works in actually it's a bonus to me she works in digital media (laughs) so it's actually so just before this actually (laughs) it's like a mic drop 
You're like, can, can you, you check just the sound? Watch mm-hmm. this video and see right. what you think. And then she puts on her like, like her very important hat of, of like work, and is like, no, too quick, no. And I'm like, oh, okay, thanks. Oh my god, it's a beautiful thing. thing. <laughs> also for digital media, I feel like in some ways you're like, and for fitness too, and and certainly with nutrition. I mean, I feel like you would you would thrive really on either coast. It's just so happens for your family. Yeah, you chose the other coast, but it's true. I feel like I feel like of all the places to be, you really are in the right place to be doing exactly what you're both doing, right? Well, yeah, definitely for for her, right? Priya, but, I have to, but I have to be honest. When I first moved out here, and I was like, I don't. There, there's right. a lot of like fitness out here, right. quote unquote. I, I felt very like, oh, what is, that, what is this kind of, yeah. And I, I have to be honest, when I first moved out here, I was an instructor for a number of different businesses, yeah. et cetera. And I was like, this is not what it is for me. Right. And then so actually, I don't know that, I, I know I'm very privileged in what I'm about to say, COVID was actually a blessing for me in that regard yeah. because I stopped working for gyms that I didn't quite align with. And then I was right. like, oh, let's just go at things a little bit alone I was very lucky in that regard. No, 100%. Actually, that was one of my, this was going to be one of my questions for you, is I wonder if you could, listen, this is a safe space. Laura, this is a safe space. I wonder if you could just enlighten the rest of us about fitness culture in LA. What's happening? I feel like there's a lot of yoga, there's a lot of um, like, I'm imagining, and this is no offense to this brand because I I do happen to really enjoy a lot of their clothing, but like I I have this like aloe yoga aesthetic image that pops into my head that I don't, I feel like there's a lot of stuff underneath that surface. (laughs) Somebody once said to me, they said all kind of fitness and wellness trends kind of are born out of the West Coast out of LA. I don't know how true that is, but actually if I think back to like, you know, you had the 80s and 90s of like bodybuilding and that now that's really popular and mainstream and then- here you see a lot more kind of that wellness culture s and so if you're in LA or if you you know Erewhon is the hot supermarket that you see and like I probably shouldn't say brand names but like goop and that sort of like oh a hundred for I mean goop goop and poosh and I can't even say them together I was like, I saw them like announcing doing a candle together, and I thought this was really the scariest thing. I, I saw that, and I was like, "What could this possibly smell like?" Uh, I mean, really, like honestly, it probably smells like Air One. I, I mean, meanwhile, it it's like you could like be listening to this podcast episode and think we're speaking in a different language because we it's just so said true. goop, poosh, so and Air One, and those things don't make sense. That is so funny. You know, if I did bless my mum, but if I said that I said those things to my mum, she'd be like, What? What? Right. <laughs> bless you. Right. So true. That is so true. But and so I think that's the kind of current trend here at the moment. It's a it's a bit of two things. That very much like the toning. You hear a lot of people saying they want tone, especially women right. want to tone, right. etc. But they also match that with like yoga, wellness. IV people are into like the IV IV oh god if Mm -hmm. I could stop that I just would I would just come in and just stop that immediately yeah yeah (laughs) so I think that's like the current I don't really dip my toe into the LA fitness scene very much but that I think is from what I've seen out out in the wild west I'm totally with you and I I completely understand that feeling about the pandemic, which is that on one hand, you're like, oh my God, this is 
ravaging i mean like globally and also and devastating but at the same time on a smaller scale at a personal level it could be pivotal for for career focus and for like actually getting the opportunity to sort of say what do i want to do 100% and not have to rely on on some of these larger or other entities were you ever in a position where you were kind of pushed to do things, say things, teach. Th- I mean, I, I can't imagine you being like, yes, sure, I'll just do that, whatever you said. But but I can also understand towing the line a little bit and being like, I just got here, I'm open to things. You know, like there's always a balancing act of that kind of thing. Yeah, so when I first got here, you know, I my better half very, yeah. thankfully, had a job. And right. so it, I was like, okay, need to find a job. And so I, I applied a bunch of places and I was very fortunate to have two job opportunities to be a personal trainer one at a super fancy expensive gym company and the other one was for a physical therapist company and I'd heard of the gym company and I was like oh well that's like a big name in fitness surely I should go there right and then it was only after thinking about it and talking through and whatnot that I was like no, they really don't align with my values. Like yes. that's that's not the one. So I went to, I went to the physical therapy company and they were sensational. And then I did teach classes somewhere, and it's not necessarily how I would teach classes, but it was only a few months down the line that I realised they, on the side, supplied like meal plans that were really unlike mm. not nutritionally sound, etc. And then um, there was actually, no, there was a funny experience. I was working at another gym separate and we were doing these kind of health screenings, quote unquote, and uh, we were using some fancy machine to health screen and and it had BMI on there. And every time, it was actually a a female, every time a female stood on there and she saw her BMI, you could literally see her face drop. So I was was having to do these kind of health screenings because that's what I was being paid to do. But on the side, as soon as I would see them see the BMI, I would like whisper in their ear like, BMI is that number <laughs> and then like just be, let them be on their merry way and they were like oh and I was like just ignore the BMI number I actually ignore most of these numbers okay you're welcome goodbye they don't mean anything they don't they don't actually mean anything okay bye see ya come and call me <laughs> I see you like slipping a phone number right here you go 100% yeah, 100% so- I know I know because I really do I mean I can't think of anyone myself included I mean I I fully there's no one who goes to the doctor and wants to stand there and look at the skin like and I just think and honestly to be quite honest with you the older I get the more I think also soon I'm gonna start saying don't measure my height because I don't want that to be going in reverse either I'm like see, like at a certain point I'm like okay even as I say that I just sit up a little straighter but like yeah. I, I just just think like sometimes there's such thing as as I, I don't know I mean I wonder I wonder your thoughts on this because there's there's definitely so many of these things that may be helpful in a very specific clinical context sometimes like weight for example yes you may need that if you are dosing medication that is by kilogram for body weight fine uh, th- these are totally clinical and normal and understandable reasons to have that kind of information. There's other moments where you're just like, no, there's just no reason that we have to share this with someone like this and ruin their day for nothing. <laughs> for what purpose? Right? Like, there's totally. just no point. Totally. And, and that's uh, something that I, I actually, when I first started on TikTok, I posted why I never weigh my clients. And it was mm. that, you know, fitness, health, some areas of fitness and health. Yeah. You know, we all have body autonomy. You, we can choose to lose weight if we want to. 
However, that's not how I work. That's never my primary focus for other client. It can be a client's primary focus, but I'm going to try and work with you to help you find other goals and other things to work towards that don't shame you or make you feel like poo. And so I don't (laughs) wear my clients because actually it has no bearing on A, their self-worth, but B, any pain they have in the body, anything that we need to work on from a functional mobility perspective, things, strengths, weaknesses, things Mm. we need to work on. Body weight really has no bearing on that to me. And I really don't care how much somebody weighs, but there's such a a pressure on I guess it's specifically women but I'm not sure to mm. have as low a number body weight as possible and that that that, that in no way can be healthy to be try and get that number as low as possible right I love how you phrase that also because I have found this to be actually really complicated as a practitioner right because I feel the same way, right? Like that that when I'm working with someone, that's not my focus, but it may be yours. But in trying to sort of have a dialogue about what it might feel like to eat in a way that aligns with your values, with your preferences, with the things that you like, and also a huge one for so many people, and I, I know you have video content on this too, but like a huge one for so many people as it relates to food is also not actually knowing what your food preferences are at a very basic level, only because you may be relying on your family, your partner, your work environment where there's like a certain type of lunch that's served every day, or your access to food or the type of food that you grew up having. Like there's just a lot of times, like so many of us are very lucky to live in a world with as much exposure to different types of cuisine that we possibly have that like sometimes it's just a question of, learning what you actually like versus what you were told you like. Yeah, or or told what you should like. For example, good Lord, I wish I had never bothered making like, you know, high protein, low carb pancakes or like, you know, all that kind of thing. I'm told that. And then it's funny, even more recently, like full transparency, when I first started in the fitness industry, I was very knee deep, head deep in diet culture. And it's only now that like in the past couple of years I'm like oh no I really do like actual tacos not right. like lettuce wraps or you know any other kind of bullshit excuse right. my French but like but actual tacos right. taste really damn good and so it's about like you're right like learning what it is that one enjoys and doesn't enjoy right. and, and and there's a lot of privilege wrapped up in that as you say because sure. not everybody has access to varieties of foods but yeah, it's a very eye-opening experience right realizing that like cauliflower rice is is fine but it's no better than real rice right right no it's it's such a good point such a good point actually that specific example came up somewhat recently we had an amazing dietitian who was who was on the podcast who was speaking about exactly that which is that it always for me comes back to intention right like it's Mm. they both have a place and there's both real reasons to eat both types. But if you're eating cauliflower rice for the purpose of removing actual rice, that might be the sort of thing to dig a little deeper on versus the, I want to get more vegetables into my everyday meals and snacks. That feels like a great resource, right? Like there's just so many different things we could go down that path with. Totally. Totally. I think the fitness industry most likely the food industry, yeah. et cetera, loves to be very black and white about things. I tend to gear on the side of like, you know, 
eat real bread, etc. But if one prefers, I don't know, rice cakes, I believe there is a space in the world for rice cakes. I don't hate them. Do I believe there is a space in this world for like, I don't know, homemade keto chocolate? Maybe not. But that's just my opinion. Somebody else (laughs) might really like it. I tried it. It was absolutely horrendous. I was going to ask you, on a scale of one to feet, <laughs> where would you rank that? Is it, it's high up, isn't it? It's close to that. Tastes like feet. Oh. So much. Oh, yeah, that does taste like feet. And like, I uh, probably really upset a lot of people. It's just my opinion. Chickpea blondies, I don't oh. have time for them. We got to take this with a grain of salt because we are talking about blondies. <laughs> Sure, totally. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Because like, well, how do we wind up with a blondie in the fur? Isn't that just... Okay, I can see how we could use chickpea flour here. For a brownie, that's a stretch. That is tough. That's a hard note. That's a harder... (laughs) It's a much harder jump. Okay, before we go back to this, can we talk about your time as a flight attendant? I'm dying to know about this. (laughs) You have one mention of this, and now I'm, I'm dying to know... What was it like? Where did you go? What's happening? I need I need every detail on this. <laughs> so I'll about this on a podcast. It's true. Um, yeah, so you just reminded me I was going to make something about being flight attendant. And I, it totally slipped my brain, but now you've reminded me. Thank you. I loved it. I will say I loved it. Okay. But I preface all of that with, and I'm so sorry for anybody that's flight attendant that doesn't agree with me. It's not glamorous. It's not. It's really not. It's flipping hard work, I will say. Oh, yeah. Like when you are on an incline on that plane and you're having to push the bar cart up I on was that thinking, incline. I literally was thinking about that. As you said, it's tough. I was thinking about the incline. Yes. I, I have like vivid memories of doing a <laughs> steep incline on a plane. I've got the bar cart and I'm literally like <laughs> at the floor, like trying to put anything. Yeah. And also, but I did, I will say I went to some, I'm very fortunate. I went to some amazing places. I was very privileged, thankfully done a lot of travel, uh, but it is hard work. Anybody that tells you otherwise is lying and probably never been a flight attendant. And it was a lot of fun. I have uh, quite a few stories. Okay. Can you, <laughs> before I ask my next question, can you share one, it can be a food story. We can put it in the context of food. It can be a food related story. I'm sure there's got to be one crazy food story. Maybe not. Okay. I'm not going to actually, I'm not even going <laughs> to, but I just listened. I, and I so happened to listen to this. It was like one of those, like I was doing some, some like errands, like some things around, around the apartment. And it, it was like, I just didn't know where my phone was. And I happened to land on a podcast episode that was talking about the craziest plane stories, like craziest oh. things that have happened to you on a flight. Yeah. I feel like you are sitting on a bastion of, <gasps> of knowledge on this, on this topic. I, do you know what it is? I will say that for people traveling, mm-hmm. getting on a plane is very stressful. And yes. everything, and I remember this, of them telling us this, that everything up until they step onto that plane is very stressful. Yes. And, you know, we've all traveled, most of us are very privileged enough yes. to be able to travel. It is stressful from dropping your luggage off, worrying that it's going to be too heavy, you know, being, oh making sure God. you find the right, get, go through security, et cetera. <laughs> 
and speaking I'm about weight, yeah, completely the weight anxiety of getting your suitcase oh on. Remember how you used to have to do that? Oh my god, that that would make me so that way more stressful than being personally weighed. Well, are it. they okay. gonna charge me? How much are they gonna charge me for this? How much anyway. are they gonna charge me? But then add into that anybody that's got kids they're yes. traveling with, oh my English, all of that yes. sort of thing, right? So up until getting onto a plane is very stressful. <laughs> so then you can just imagine like the the way that some somebody's feeling when they get onto a plane it's not their true self let's put it that way so so any stories I do have I have to take with a shared load of salt because it's not somebody really functioning in their true self it's them in a very stressed and then add into that travel anxiety people get very nervous traveling on a plane and turbulence etc etc so people do get very nervous what I will say is I I really (laughs) This is probably TMI, but I don't believe in TMI. It's definitely not. It's yeah, I don't either. I feel like this is the this is our time. We're just sharing. I have found every bodily fluid on a plane. Oh God! Oh dear God! In seat pockets, mm-hmm. in seats, blankets. Oh oh, they don't even give those anymore now. Which I, I really. <laughs> I think this has got to be why it was starting. Probably was starting to get expensive to do so much washing. Oh, that's foul. It's hard. It's really, it was. That was a dark moment when I was like, oh. oh. <laughs> Actually, that happened a couple of times. I that was going to say that couldn't have been just a one-off, right? It wasn't just a one-off. It was a couple of times. Uh, so you know. Oh, no. <laughs> that tends to be enough and so that's why I mean it is not a glamorous job it Sounds might look of heart. and and lord no <laughs> <laughs> right. and then anytime I meet anybody that's done it for, as their like long-term career right. I always feel like I need to bow down to them in a similar way that I feel to like nurses and other folks like, I'm like wow oh, okay being a flight attendant it's not the same as being a nurse don't please don't get that twisted but I'm like that is a it's not in no yeah. how so how long was it I worked for two airlines one was actually in the Middle okay. East like we were based in the Middle East so I worked two years there and I did about a year at the British Airways and then I was like I can't wear a uniform anymore <laughs> and also when you're a flight attendant you day well when I was a flight attendant you didn't ever talk about what day it was it was always the date so you'd always be like I'm flying to this place on the 16th I'm back on the 18th then I go so it was always dates and oh, so I so quite literally never knew what day it was. And it, that's a really odd disconnect from society when you don't know what day it is because, you know, yeah. you work Saturdays and Sundays. It doesn't matter. You're right. flying at night, whatever, whatever. You just got to sleep when you can. You have breakfast at like two o'clock in the afternoon, whatever. It, so you feel very disconnected. And I also didn't really like that in the long term. Oh, such an interesting point. I never would have thought of that, but it's such a good point. You would be like... 616, right? Like it just wouldn't, yeah. that's so crazy to think about. You're so right because it's just like, it actually is sort of full circle to everything that we've been talking about. Language is is kind of yeah. important for inclusivity or like understanding yeah. of things. I just feel like, oh my God, how weird is that to be like, I'll see you on yeah. 712. <laughs> what day of the week like, is oh, that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And somebody that's not flight attendant will be right. like, oh yeah, that Friday. And I'm like, well, maybe. Like, what is- <laughs> What's what a Friday? A Friday? <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, it is a Friday, right? It was it was a great time to do it. I was very fortunate, but 
I, I definitely couldn't have done it long term. Yeah. So my biggest question, for, I mean, this is like such a true dietitian question, but like from a dietitian standpoint, my biggest question is I barely get to see a flight attendant in flight chugging some water. Like I, I just worry about this a lot. I think I hope they got a snack going. But most importantly of all, I'm worried about the hydration status. <laughs> that's a re- that's like a real real situation. So I'm trying to think how old I am. So I uh, I finished being a flight attendant when I was about 21, 22, yeah. 22, I think. So we're talking a, a, a while ago. Okay. And I still to this day, having lived in the Middle East and been a flight attendant, so the Middle East is like a pretty dry right. place in the world <laughs> and and hot and been a flight attendant. So I'm like generally always hydrated. I drink to this day so much water. My better half is like. Calm down. Like, what's wrong with you? But it is. It's a, it's a genuine thing. I will say, on top of that, I was a severely dehydrated human at that time. Right. I also didn't have any periods, um, oh, okay. and that is quite a thing to do with the pressure when you're going up and down the really? air. So I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually say it's most right. healthy. Right. I mean, because we need it, right? Like you think about commercial travel. It's like you. You definitely, and by commercial, I mean like commercial air travel, meaning business and pleasure and just for people to get around the world slash country that they live in. I mean, I feel like it just, <laughs> it's like yeah. essentially yeah. critical, but I, I really, I mean, you don't even think about certain factors like that. And also the sleep, I, that's the other part I'm really curious about is like what, what the sleeping was like, if at all, <laughs> or were you just awake for about a, no, two I, years? I, You know, I was very fortunate to have some very strong sleeping pills at that time. And so I, you know, there were certain flights that you do there and back in one night. And then you'd get home at like 8 a.m. and you'd have to be back ready for a flight at 8 p.m. So you have to sleep all day. Right. And there's, there was no way that you, I mean, despite the fact you are tired, you want like that solid sleep. So yeah. Yes. I'm not advocating for sleeping pills. But no, but I mean, in that kind of situation, it's like the only thing you could, because otherwise there's just no way to get anything that remotely resembles a REM cycle for you. No, oh my God, no, but you're so right. It's so interesting because it really is like such a short-lived type of, there's not really mm. much longevity in that, which is a word I feel like in fitness that yes. must be such a curious one. Do you feel like some of the more, hardcore elements of fitness culture are good for longevity. (laughs) Do you know what? That's such a good point to fitness, actually, that I think gets forgotten about, is that we all talk about health, right? Everybody loves to talk about health, but health, healthy, requires longevity. You're absolutely right. And how much of the kind of stuff that we generally see on the internet with regards to fitness and health allows for longevity. I can personally vouch for the fact that keto is not longevity for me, in my eyes. Therefore, that's not health. Longevity, you've just hit the nail on the head, equals health to me. And and there's so much out there. You know, people that are doing like, oh God, I'm going to get in trouble for this, but like that 75 hard or whatever it is. Have you heard about this? No, tell us. Despite what I thought it was, which was Viagra, no, oh, that, that's that's literally that was when you said seventy five hard. That that is the only those words only belong in one setting to me. Okay, the only explanation 
Apparently not. <laughs> it's either 75 hard or hard 75. I get it wrong every time. Either way. Somebody, either way. Somebody on TikTok. I know. It's tomato, tomato. Somebody on TikTok always reminds me and it's like, you don't know what you're talking about. It's hard 75, whatever. It is. And I'm like, oh, okay, whatever. But people will say it is not a diet. It's a it lifestyle. A, it's a mental lifestyle, well, oh. mental thing. Mm-hmm. Whatever. You're meant to pick any diet of your choosing. You have to exercise twice a day for 75 days. <laughs> so the 75, and one of them has to be outside. So apparently, regardless of whether you live in a safe neighborhood, whether you live in like, you know, the snowiest area of the world, you have to, you one of them in, has to be outside. You live in the North Pole. That's... You know, can you imagine being in like, I don't know, where Canada and they're like, yes, right. and you're, you're starting this in November and one right. of them has to be outside. I know that somebody watching this is going to be like, I did 75 hard in Canada in December. It can be done. I'm fine. Okay, fine. No, oh, you didn't. Or, or even if you did, good for you. But that right? doesn't make it worth recommending. Yes, that's the crux <laughs> of it. I don't know how I got into 75 hard. Ah, that's my point. 75 hard is, to me not longevity what will inevitably happen is burnout whether we think that is scientifically sound or not some level of burnout will happen and therefore we'll beat ourselves up because we didn't work out twice a day for at least 45 minutes for 75 days and therefore we'll see ourselves as a failure that is the narrative that somebody will have in their head but it's actually not that person's individual fault right i'm totally with you i mean it's the entire in dressing on the side, I called it like like that there's this idea of that you have to compete as though you're like training to go to the Olympics for an extreme sport. Like this should be your life. So you have to do this for 75 days. And then Lord knows if you make it to the 75 days, Lord knows what happens after that. Like, I don't know. There's the, other elements to this 75 hard that other people will probably tell me I'm really wrong for and why it's whatever. a mental wellness thing. This is what's always so challenging, right? Is that it is sometimes baffling to me that certain things may sound really worthwhile to someone, whereas like to someone else hearing that is like, that's honestly insane, right? Like, and then to somebody else that might be like, yeah, no, I mean, it really like, <laughs> so I yeah. would imagine there aren't that many of those people that would actually find some sort of value that promotes longevity. But okay, I, I mean, I'm willing to, willing to sort of yeah. suspend any judgment for a moment. But then when you think about how physically taxing that is, I can't, I mean, even, even pros need a rest day. <laughs> no. you know what? Even, even pros need a rest day. I think rest days are completely demonized and taking totally. rest days out, in my opinion, is actually just unhealthy. If you eliminate rest days, that's completely. just not living. Yes. Yes. On this where did this idea come from? Tell us about yoga and tell us about how, I know you mentioned earlier that you did not feel like you were the person that was going to do this, but tell us why. Tell us everything. I am not a yoga person. I never have done. I never have been. I did yoga if my mom ever listens to this. I did yoga with my mom when I was younger and we both got kicked out because we used to laugh at each other. (laughs) (laughs) So I, and I'm not a bendy, flexible human. I'm fine. I'm not completely flexible but I'm not a super flexy human I much prefer to lift weights etc right. but it was actually again all credit to my better half who just dabbled in the yoga I don't know she had said it a few times was like I feel like doing yoga I feel like doing some yoga and so we did it a few times and then she was like why don't you just train as a yoga instructor and I was like because I'm not very yoga-y right, right? 
I'm not very yogery. And then, which is so ironic because in my brain, a yoga person equals like a very thin, waif like, white, very tall woman who is extremely flexible. I'm picturing the same commercial, the same branded yeah. asset. You just, <laughs> right? You just, and that's just what one yeah. thinks of. But I'm very fortunate that I follow a lot of people online that completely disregard that aesthetic. And, and I follow a bunch of people that are yoga instructors that don't fall into that very small-minded narrative. And I was like, oh, okay, maybe it doesn't need to be that type of yoga. Again, right. like with fitness, that's one type of yoga, but it doesn't have to be the only type of yoga. And I just felt like it was something that was a bit out of the norm for me. Right. It wasn't something that I would typically gravitate towards in years gone by, but I was like, you know what? Okay, we'll try this. And yeah, just, I haven't carved out enough time in my life to do a regular daily practice of yoga, but because it's something I don't do and that I'm ch- finding a challenge, I know that mm. I need to do more of it, if that makes any sense. Yes. No, I think that makes total sense because it feels like, I, I mean, you might argue <laughs> that in in a very positive way, there's both the mental and the physical challenge mm. of doing something different, but also just doing something that may feel a little bit more quiet or like still I don't I don't know because I personally haven't found that with yoga myself. So <laughs> Oh interesting. Okay, that's interesting. So it's funny you say that. And I, I had noticed David like during the pandemic times that like I have to do this thing where when as soon as my alarm wakes up, I like bolt up and go. I'm not very Amazing. good at the still. I'm not very right. good at the still. And so that was another part of it where I was like I was like I can't meditate and, and whilst meditate is very different to yoga part of my stepping stone into like stillness was is a bit of yoga and just slowing things that down is a, a beautiful bit. that okay now that I've heard Laura speak about this now I feel like okay I could do it because I love um, that idea the stepping stone to a little more stillness that feels like a beautiful thing especially for someone who is a fitness professional that's like the perfect stepping stone it's like okay I still get to feel like I have incorporated some type of movement but it's I'm gonna stand as a tree for a little while <laughs> Flip it. I could stand like a tree for forever. I tell you that I really could. But and also, it's funny we were talking about longevity. That's also yeah. my kind of thinking behind yoga. Right. It, it adds longevity. Weightlifting does not sweeping statement incoming, and some people will not right. agree. But like sometimes weightlifting can have like a negative effect to your flexibility totally. in some regards. And so I was like, you know what? That's not very. That that's not, doesn't seem very longevity esque. Mm. So let's. I did a little bit of yoga. Can I ask you something on this topic? Because it's such a such an interesting point is when you say like this is might be a little contentious or things like that. Uh-huh. What is it about <laughs> about fitness and about nutrition? What what is it about our mutual areas of expertise that feel like they're so deeply charged sometimes? For example, I am not a liver physician. So like I know some basic stuff about liver metabolism, but like I am not the person who's going to come in and do your liver transplant because that's not my training or my background. Like, so I don't feel like I have, (laughs) so if I were to stand around and talk to people about doing liver transplant surgery, I'd really be out of my depth. I don't feel qualified to do that. I just wouldn't do that. I would like to hear it from the expert, right? What is it about our fields that feel like they really lend themselves to this kind of argumentative criticism or that's not true or whatever, whatever else kind of nonsense comes out of people's mouths or fingers when it's on a social media platform? 
point, good point. That is a great question. I have thought about this on and off for many, many years. And I think there's many aspects to this. I think we put health and thinness on a pedestal. Therefore, when somebody makes it onto that elite pedestal, one may automatically think that they are better than, than somebody else that may not be in that pinnacle pedestal body. Two, I think for some cultural reason, we really think that our diet or our exercise regime or how much we weigh or how we look, et cetera, et cetera, is mm. really important to our self-esteem and how we come across in society and how we, and it is how we're perceived in society. Black phobia is right. an incredibly deadly thing. Right. So I think it's all part of that and it's a real part of our identity, especially when people are very wedded to certain diets the keto diet, for example, right. people really identify and there's a sense of community, I think, in that. And, and as soon as somebody potentially points out some harm effects of, for example, the keto diet, yeah. we're very, very upset about this. So I think it's some kind of community, but also in our culture, in our society, we really put health and health, quote mm. unquote, and all in quotation marks and thinness yeah. on a pedestal. And I think that that makes people feel more elite and therefore more wedded to this yes. idea that what I've done is right. And this, you shouldn't do this and you should do that. Example, sugar is bad. It's not, yeah. you know, that, that kind of, so people get very wedded to the same so, in fitness. Uh, completely. I mean, it sounds so very much like extreme religion, doesn't it? Like it really sounds a little bit <laughs> I thought like you were going to say a cult. Or a cult. <laughs> It really does. And and I think also when it comes to exercise and fitness, I don't often do TikTok lives because, yeah. again, they're just they're like the Wild West. But that's I did a TikTok live the other day and there was this guy on there and he was saying to me, you shouldn't be doing this. That's a stupid move that you should be doing. I was working out when I was doing the TikTok. Like, don't do this. Don't do that. That's stupid. And I was like, you know what? You can work out however you want. But right. My goals are not going to be your goals. So what is a good move for me may not be a good move for you and vice versa. And it's similar to what we said before right. about healthy. What is healthy for one person is not going to be healthy for another person. But we have this real black and white thinking of like squats right. are great. Squat push press is bad is the example he was. And I was like, you know what, sir? Because it was Do man. you? Of course. Right. I mean, because of course. Because why, sir, can you not kindly sign off? You have a choice of what you're going to do with your time. If something bothers you, you don't have to be here. Move on. Move <laughs> on. Just move on. I talked about that the other day, actually. But yes. But then, oh, so there's this real black and white thinking about fitness, health, wellness, etc. And we just think that uh, Snickers can't possibly be healthy. But you know what? In some right. regards, it, it can be. And then there always needs to be a demon. And, right. and there's always a demon. Right. Oh, such a good point. All right. So not to, now I really, I mean, I realize that these are all over the place, but I just have so many questions and now we only have so little time. So get us closer to our last question. I will, this will not be our last question, but it will be closer to, let's just say you wake up in the morning and you're like, I really miss X food made a certain way that really is like a UK specialty is there one is there something that you really miss that you that you can't get here and can only get back in the UK there's so many (laughs) I miss I mean they're not UK specialities because I feel like a UK speciality people would I think think is fish and chips which I don't really like Yorkshire pudding maybe I don't mind I don't mind the Yorkshire I don't mind although I do believe 
this is tumultuous, but I do yeah. believe that the national dish is now curry. Huh. But I mean, yeah. that makes a lot. It it makes a lot of sense on one hand, and then on the other hand, you're like, hmm, is it? Yeah. Is that really yours? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I think if I was to go like Nando's, I miss. And that oh. is not a UK specific, but I flipping love a Nando's. Although okay. I've heard that there's my my cousin once told me there was a Nando's in DC, and I was like, I think Priya. there is. I think there is. I think I think it might be time for an East Coast little grimace. Despite the fact that I've got family <laughs> on the East Coast, we must go to the East Coast for a Nando's. <laughs> Okay. But I will be honest, I miss, if my dad ever listens to this, I'll preface this with he didn't do this very often for us, but my dad does cook very good Afghan food and I miss my dad's Afghan food. What, like what would be a classic dish? Is the, the rice is called kabuli pilau, which is like rice with raisins and carrots and a bunch of other things that I can't cook. So... <laughs> And my dad and aubergine is feeling the taste buds water a little. Okay, okay. There's an aubergine dish that I, for love nor money, can't remember. So I'm very sorry to anybody that does know the name. And there's a very good aubergine dish, and my dad does very good kind of Afghan meatballs. What? What about Erwan? Is there anything edible there, or is it just for the purpose of? social media and influence is it just does it exist for that purpose alone you know what the people watching in Erewhon is I priceless it's amazing it is yeah priceless oh, actually that's um, such a good point I would love it for that reason you're totally right <laughs> I, went, I went and got a coffee there once and I think I just I was like can I have a regular coffee with like two percent milk or whatever and they were like milk, we don't have that they, right. they were like we don't have animal milk and I was like oh shite um <laughs> Oh, God, I just have it black then. I was like, I can't face, like, anything else. Like, I, I'm sure that oat milk or something is fine. Whatever. I Listen, I think there's a time and a place for a plant milk. Maybe, maybe. Sure. I wish we had a different name because we can't call it almond juice and we can't keep spelling milk with a Y. <laughs> I just, like, you I see feel that like... the other day. Probably at Air One. I, I mean, yeah, honestly. I'm sure. But, like, I've never liked the taste of one of these with coffee, with the exception of soy milk. I love the taste of soy milk. But otherwise, I'm like, this just tastes like someone burnt the coffee. I agree. <laughs> I have, back in my kind of wellness days, I did have soy milk and I didn't mind it. But yeah. I don't know if you've ever had this, like when you have the soy milk, sometimes it's like the coffee's too hot and it like separates. It I don't kind know of burns happens. it a little. It, like it's the, weird. Yes, I totally know what you mean. I, I totally know what you mean. Like that's not for me. Any other restaurants, meal spots in LA that you feel like, oh, I could go here every day because I actually like it, not because I'm here for the people watching. Good question. Good question. (laughs) Actually, I think they have one in New York. I can't remember. There's somewhere on the East Coast. It's called Roberta's Pizza. There is one in Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Beasting Pizza. That is sensational. What's in it? What's in it? It's. I think it's like a, a, it's pizza, obviously, <laughs> but it has like some kind of cured meat plus like chili, either flakes or some kind of chili sauce, maybe chili something or that, plus honey. Okay, I thought you were gonna say there was a hot honey. I knew the there would be and a hot sting, honey. Oh. And it is just with some red wine. Oh, that's heaven. That's heaven, heaven. right there. Okay, so so Laura, before I let you go, you got to give us. 
Is this part of your dream day? Is this like, would Roberta's be on your dream day list? Okay, what else is on there? The bee sting pizza from Roberta's, I feel like that's a no-brainer. Easy one. I'm I'm going to tell you, my Saturday, full transparency, Saturday just passed. So wherever we are, we're in mid-June, wherever we are, was my birthday. And so we did so my perfect birthday. Day. A Gemini? Me I too. Mine was Monday the 6th. Which is a strange day. It's a strange day to. I always think a Monday birthday is a, a weird vibe. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Any other day of the week, I feel good about. But it's a weird. It's always because Monday's like not anyone's favorite day. You know what I mean? But anyway, you had a great Saturday birthday. Let's talk about it. We actually did have Roberta's pizza in the evening with some red wine. We also went and got. There's a bakery here in Inglewood called Sweet Red Peach. Oh, I like the name. I mean, just right there. I feel a little thirsty just hearing that name. <laughs> you can only buy. They're on Saturdays. The line at their bakery is around the corner. You can only buy two slices of their cheesecake on a Saturday. You're only allowed two. They sell oh, out. That's strict. Oh, no. Like, so you got to so wake easy. up early. <laughs> oh, yeah. you got to yeah. get there immediately. Okay. <laughs> it's a thing. That was involved. What else did we have? Oh, we did go for brunch. Although I think when you say like in LA and, and probably New York, when you say brunch, people automatically think of like bottomless brunch. I can't, yes. I can't day drink. So my brunch included like no alcohol, <laughs> just the food, just the yeah, green tea yeah. in a non-wellness world. Exactly. And we went to Echo Park Lake and we went on the Swan Pedalos, if you've oh. ever seen. was it? That's a dream day, day. Right. That is the perfect day. day. What was at the brunch? Where did you go for brunch? We went to somewhere called Open Air, I think it was called, and it was a very cute, like, greenhouse-esque on the top of a hotel called, I think the hotel was The Line, I think it was, but it was gorgeous. It was absolutely gorgeous. Bagels, smoked salmon, (sighs) gorgeous, gorgeous, gorgeous. I think a thousand percent smoked salmon and cheesecake Mm. would be on on my sort of last day of meals, I've got to say. I mean, that is a beautiful birthday. I feel amazing about that. And I feel amazing about you. And I'm so glad that we got to do this. And I'm so sorry for messing us up the last time, but I'm thrilled that we finally got to do this and and to share our horror stories. (laughs) No, this has been very therapeutic. It's really therapeutic. Laura, where can people find you if they want to hear more from you, if they want to know more about you, where, where to find Laura? Yasi. Did I do that right? I fun- I yeah, perfect. That was actually perfect pronunciation. <laughs> um, I, funnily enough, can be found on TikTok every now and again. TikTok is Laura Giasi, which is G-H-I-A-C-Y, all one word. And then on Instagram, I do have a pesky little underscore. So it's Laura <laughs> underscore Giasi, G-H-I-A-C-Y. I'm trying to learn to love the underscore. And pesky then I do have a website. I, I and then I do have a website, lauragiasi.com. Amazing. Thank you so, so much. Thank you so much This was such a delight. Thanks so much for tuning in today to this episode of On the Side with Jackie London. If you enjoyed today's episode, please snap a screenshot of your podcast app on your phone, post it to your Instagram stories, and tag me at JacquelineLondonRD to let me know your favorite takeaway from any part of the episode. If you're loving the show, if there's a topic you'd love to hear more about or a guest you'd love to listen to here, I'd absolutely love to hear from you. You can scroll down on your podcast app to where it says ratings and reviews and rate this one five stars, of course, and share your feedback. Your words might just be what the next person needs to tune in and start feeling more empowered and living better one meal or snack at a time. Of course, be sure to follow On The Side wherever you get your podcasts to ensure you won't miss out on any episodes. And remember to check us out. Check out the Q&A deep dive on the On The Side YouTube channel. 
This show is produced and edited by Elizabeth Evans Media Productions. I'm your host and executive producer, Jacqueline London. Keep in mind that any advice provided on this podcast is based off of my clinical judgment and application of research and practice as a registered dietitian, and it should not take the place of medical advice from your own personal physician. Until next time, cheers. Cheers.